Hello, everybody, and welcome to In It Together. My name is Jeremy Augusta. Emily is unfortunately absent, but we do have a guest in her stead. Uh, this is Brent Gunn. I'm the podcast editor and uh, occasional host of uh, Moving Pictures when I have the time to do it. <laughs> okay, so as far as weeks in um, political drama go, this one has been a relatively slow one. Fortunately, I feel like I've been going nonstop for the past year or so. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't know. It's been like a week of reflection. I've still been kind of like <laughs> contemplation, keeping tabs on sadness. the whole Kavanaugh thing. Like, uh, you know, the responses to those protests that happened, you know, and like, as I was watching those, you know, I, 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 I was just calling what I would see later on amongst like pundits and stuff about like, you know, it's, it's like an outrage that people are you know showing such like civil unrest and it, it i i don't know do, do those protests bother you i don't think any protests bother me except like the ones in um the one the racist ones that were in like south carolina like, like the proud boys and yeah stuff the like proud that, boy yeah. ones bother me because it doesn't like because you have nothing to like really like they don't have a position or like they're not oppressed and they're yeah i i i uh, it's so funny because like i i was list, uh doing some reading uh, today and like this whole idea of like blue collar um, being transformed from like an economic class to more of a cultural class because like there's a lot of guys who will make like well over like a hundred grand a year who think they're like bl- blue collar guys because they drive a truck or something yeah and those are the people that like really resonate with um I I don't know that well, those kind of people like, also have power yeah they yeah exactly so the blue like, collar yeah. worker who makes over a hundred thousand dollars a year has a lot more power like quote unquote blue collar worker yeah. makes a hundred thousand a year. They like, they exactly. can they can take the day off work. Yeah, and, to and, go vote and and do things like that, and they can exactly donate money like large amounts of money to political campaigns. Whereas like the blue collar worker who makes thirty five thousand dollars a year can't really got to work that day. Probably. Yeah, they can't really do those things. Um, and like transferring it from that you know economic class where it's more you know you're unified by where you stand in the market or you know in in the economy. It's cultural, so if you feel blue collar, if you express like you know X, Y, and Z, you know Americanisms, mm-hmm. you're blue collar. That that really plays into how we respond to things like those protests or you know Kavanaugh, because you know Kavanaugh is seen as more of like the everyman now. Yeah, he's for, seen as like you know, oh man, that's me, Harvard you know, or I've, Yale educated. Exact, exactly. Yeah. Like like someone like that is seen as like the the blue collar like rally like the per- oh yeah he's fighting even for Donald us. Trump he's, is like seen as the blue collar one even though he had he was yeah. a millionaire by the time he was born a blue collar like, millionaire like yeah. that that's an entertained idea mm-hmm. which is very it funny it doesn't really make sense also we see poor people voting like that like people who are who benefit who would benefit from having democratic government and democrats in government providing more social safety nets um white blue collar republicans are republicans for a reason and that reason is they identify more culturally with the republican party than the democratic party yeah and i i don't like when when we get to that whole discussion of like you know oh why do these voters not vote like quote unquote within their interest and vote democrat I'd be really careful with that just because I, I don't think that the Democratic Party has really been the best pro-union party or the best like blue collar party. I, I, I think, think I they've think been better than the Republicans. Oh, for sure. Like things. they're I think they're in some respects better. But I, I think that the, the, the Democratic Party is a white collar. They're, they're the Yale like. Yeah, they elite definitely party come as off well. as the Yale party. Um, you know, but. If, 
the Vox did a really cool video special where they interviewed people in Trump country, like people who overwhelmingly voted for Trump, and they asked what they thought of Obama, and then they asked if they were getting benefits from Obamacare, and they're like, oh, yeah, I love Obamacare, but I hate Barack Obama. It's like, what? How the dissonance there. Like, you I, love his chief policy, but you hate him. And then, well, to, to kind of couple off that, there was this one, uh, I think her name was like Serena Zidi, or Zita. Um, she had, she like uh, assembled this whole group of like, you know, college Democrats to go kind of do like one of those similar things. And, um, they kind of did that, that thing that I was just talking about, like when they went to go talk about like the blue collar Trump voter, they went to like, you know, so first we went to, you know, the, the golf club and we went to the, you know, the, the, the country club mm-hmm. and, we, and it's like. Those people, those people aren't blue collar. Those people know that voting Republican is going to lower their taxes. Yeah. And, and I like those, the, you know, quote unquote uneducated voter that votes like against their interests. I don't really hold that against them because I feel like they're more of a, I I think that it's just an instance of the the Republican system or just like the larger corporate system. Republicans being a lot better at advertising than Democrats. Yes, and I'm going to write an entire article for CM Life eventually about that. But uh, um, yeah, I think that the Democrats prey on this kind of like naive vision of America. Mm-hmm. And the Democrats have, I mean, not the, not the Democrats, the Republicans have much better um, kind of adapted to the cultural changes that the Democrats sometimes try to enforce or they think yeah. are being you know, mass enforced. Well, our country is getting less and less white every generation. And those people who are becoming less and less white are not likely to vote for the Republican Party. So the way that the Republicans stay in power and keep getting those people, the like lower class um, white people to vote is by using fear. And I wrote a column about this. Like you can go on Fox News and watch Laura Ingram or Sean Hannity tell you that America and Tucker Tucker Carlson, Carlson, he's the most recent one, but you can listen to them tell you that America's changing and the, the American way of life is dying. And if that does anything, it gets white people to go out and vote and to vote Republican, regardless of what the Republican's interests are. We're talking about the white uh, farmers in South Africa that are like the the pseudo boars, you know. So weird. And it's funny because it's like uh, if you talk to actual like South Africans, whether they be white or black, most of them like hold the view that those people are a joke. Mm-hmm. Those people hold very little importance in their country. They're seen as just like the as like just complete jokes like the way that we would view like Pizzagate people yeah you know but it, it it's 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 the the republican side has found those talking points that no will resonate they're they're more technically inclined to understand their base and know what'll excite the base yeah the democrats have no, no i idea. no ability to do that because what they could be doing to really rally in the base would I think be more of like uh, an economic position, yeah. but the economic positions even the 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 Republicans have just like a, a sixty year long built like propaganda machine to counter anything. At yeah. Any 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 social program is the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Any welfare program is Nazi Germany. Any type of Social safety net is, you know, oh, well, that'll just incentivize it's people socialism. not to work. Yeah. It's, you know, quote unquote socialism. Yeah. So the, the the Democrats really need to buckle up and either radically change or uh, I, I like that. That's really their only option. You can see point. the divide of that Republican propaganda wearing off and are not working. And that is like people 25 and younger. Right. 
So people 25 and under roughly, um, I think a Washington Post published this statistic. 33% of those people have a positive view towards democratic socialism or they have a negative view towards capitalism. And that's ridiculous. That is an insane stat that if I guarantee no other American generation has anywhere close to that. And the Republican propaganda of like these programs of socialism, these social these social safety nets will be will destroy our country. Well, let's also be careful because that whole idea of like, you know, people at eight is 18 to 25 being more pro democratic socialism they're more pro new dealism they're they're more pro- i don't think there's a difference the the intention is different but i think the end result and legislation is the same do, do you mean like social democracy or like straight up like democratic socialism because the those, way democratic socialism like are, now, are, are talking more like nordic systems yes because that's more of like a social democracy those are still capitalist countries i think okay so i i was in a political theory class and i was having this debate with an actual communist Oh, my favorite. And uh, I was like, he was like, so whatever. Communists are horrible. Yeah. They suck. He basically said uh, democratic socialism is like a pathway to communism. I'm like, that's such a terrible way. Because that's that's the argument that all communisms, I mean, not that all communists bring up is that socialism is that transitional point to communism. And it assumes that all socialism wants to lead to communism. And that's not that, 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 that's, that's more of like an, a, a that, that's more of a Leninist position. Mm-hmm. That's more of like a like I'm not surprised they're a communist. Like yeah, I don't know. The, but, I I don't think there is like in vernacular democratic socialism and social democracy like around ordinary everyday people in America. Like those two phrases have no difference. True, and that's because we've had sixty years of Republican propaganda like that yeah. manifested from the Cold War that robbed so many terms of so much meaning. I mean, the word libertarian used to mean anarchist. The word <laughs> the word um, libertarian doesn't mean anything anymore, I don't think. No, unfortunately. Did like, you, as much as I would love to call myself a libertarian and mean it more in, like, a classical sense, I can't because, oh, man, you like Gary Johnson. No, I don't like Gary <laughs> did Johnson. Did you see there was a the at the libertarian debate, there was, like, Gary Johnson and a bunch of other, like, people who live with their uh, parents. Yeah. And they were on stage debating and... um Somebody asked, like one of the a member in the audience asked the question, "Do you think you need a license to drive a car?" And one of the guys on stage was like, "Do you need a license to have a toaster?" But he said that less, much less eloquently. And Gary John and everybody applauded. Gary Johnson's like, "I think you do kind of need a license for some things." And he got booed. And I was like, "Oh yeah. my god!" No, no, no. Per- perfect example. My dad during like the 2016 election, he was a very pro Johnson guy, and then when Johnson. Remember when he had that spat with the reporter about illegal immigration or something? And he said, like, it's it's wrong to call them aliens yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And like when I heard him say, that, I was just like, all right, Gary, like, all right, reasonable. My dad, I, I had a conversation. He was like, oh, yeah, I was going to vote for Johnson until he cucked out on immigration. Oh, my God. And I'm I, like, I can't believe that was an actual thing that a human being said in real life. My near 60 year old father. Jesus. Dropped that line in an IHOP. Oh, my like, God. It was, but like those the, the, those those individuals that's because that idea of freedom it's they're not libertarians they're they're uh they're proprietarians that that's the term that some people use and they have this idea that freedom is directly correlated to uh your freedom to do things and not your freedom from a system or your freedom from something Mm -hmm. and it's like that's why we have those stupid discussions of like well do i have a right to 
you know, hire children for labor? I mean, can you really say I don't have that? Like, shut up. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say I can't hire this four-year-old to dig a ditch outside my house. They, they're one step away from, like, those sovereign citizens that just, like, bait cops love, into fighting them. I love watching when those they videos. They could so easily just, like, show their driver's license. Yeah. But it's like, I don't have a name. I'm a I'm a citizen of, like, I didn't choose up. to be born here. I want to interview a sovereign citizen really bad. Like Joe Rogan style and just like kind of agree with them and like just go along with what they're saying and then crush their dreams. Very unique bunch. But anyway, we're, we're really off topic. But uh, <laughs> So yeah. uh, Elizabeth Warren is Native American. Not only is she Native American, she is one one thousandth and twenty fourth Native American. And it does not matter. According to the Boston Globes. Doesn't matter to anybody. Who who. Who cares? <laughs> like, like, this is like, such really, a dumb story. Really, this is such a stupid story because now it's like, oh, is Trump going to pay the million dollars? And Trump's going to be like, I never said anything. I don't need to pay it. He and did the, actually say that today. It's just going to be a circus. And that, that distracts us away from Trump saying that he doesn't care if Ford was telling the truth because his side won. Like, the, the guy is just like, ah. I got into an argument with um, a distant relative. Political who, positions aside, he's just a scumbag. He right. like genuinely like, a go, scumbag. Go, go ahead. Go who ahead. basically said um, the media is not fair to Trump because they never present his side. And my response was, if somebody tells you it's raining out and it's eighty degrees and sunny, and somebody else is telling you it's sunny, the person who says it's raining out is wrong. They're lying to you, and you don't need to promote that opinion. And that's how I feel every time Trump talks. That's how I feel reporters should handle it. So if Trump says something that's incorrect. You shouldn't write Donald Trump claimed. You should write Donald Trump lied and said this. And I think that's the correct way to report on the things Trump said. And the media is finally waking up to doing that. I I think that that like incessant fact checking, it just falls on deaf ears most of the time, Mm -hmm. though, because like I I, I, I don't know. To me, that seems like a response is just going to continue this kind of alienation from normal people, because as Trump continues to lie and just like say like stupid crap um the media will continue to report on his stupid crap which just continues to fuel the fire of yeah. he and the media having this like it's hard to like what do you do like do you do you tell people because you kind of have i've, I've, you have I've, an I've obligation. thought about the idea of just like not reporting on him but at the same time you can't do that he's the like president you, you can't abstain from reporting on him because then it's kind of like well that that's that's what he wants then he doesn't want them to bother him mm-hmm you know, if, if he get out of it his his way, there would be no reporters. There would only be reporters exposing, you know, like liberals of doing Democrat, bad things. Uh, conspiracies to plant uh, witnesses on a Supreme Court nominee, for example. Just like blank Soros, blank <laughs> pizza, blank. He basically like, wants Breitbart to be the national media service. Well, yeah, like, and that, that goes right back to what I was saying, that whole idea of like, oh, the media's against Trump. The liberal media is there's plenty of conservative media i don't under like all right i i was on uh youtube the other day and i saw at least like five different ads for crtv which is like conservative yeah i looked it up i was like i wonder if they're hiring for like yeah it's like gavin mckinnis and uh uh who's that other one that is the change my mind memes uh i watched steven crowder yeah steven crowder Crowder it's like those people being given like a horrible public access like podcast style Mm -hmm. show and uh like there's there, there there's Breitbart there's so many conservative outlets and things that paint Trump in a favorable light and even though he has all this like negative press he still became president yeah he's still ruling with a with with a majority 
he's probably going to win in 2020. He'll probably like, like it's, I, it's like, like the whole Kavanaugh thing about like, oh, these reports ruin his life. They no, they don't. It's the same thing with Trump. He, he walks away clean Mm -hmm. every time, every time there are. Okay. There are so many scandals that happen with Trump. No, uh, the argument is there are so many scandals that happen with Trump. Nothing will stick. But everything's sticking, and it's that 35 to 45% of the country doesn't care what he does because their team won. And Donald Trump vocalized that today when talking about he doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if Ford was telling the truth, their team won. And that's the feeling that a, a big portion of this country have. And it's why no matter what you report on Trump, people are still going to vote for him in 2020. Yeah. And it's sad that, you know, we have a, 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 party that kind of that is supposed to represent people like you and I people that are you know I guess both more to the left Mm -hmm. uh but it seems like our party doesn't really maintain a an an interest in ours like the the Republicans do for theirs yes the the Republicans are constantly courting their base everything they do is is in response to their base and they the reason that all the Republicans are behind Trump right now is because their base talked and their base told them that we really like things like this. Like we really like Trumpism, but when the democratic base tries to speak up, we get Debbie Washerman Schultz rigging things for Hillary Clinton. And we get CNN linking questions to Hillary Clinton and things like that. Yeah. Because they're the Democrats are slime. They're mm-hmm. slime just like the, 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 the Republicans. And we need to just, I, I feel like we need to just stop trying to, all right, we need to get new blood into the Democratic Party. We need to get new faces in. Like, I, I like the, even, even the new faces, like the Keith Ellisons, those people are already, have already been proven to be pieces of yeah. shit. Keith Ellison and, faded away real quick. Yeah. And, and, like and, a star. And like, thankfully so. I mean, even people like Bernie, I like, don't like, all right, Bernie is. Bernie is Bernie. Like, there's very few people but I he's, think you he's can compare to him. Useless now. Yeah, exa- he's virtually useless. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, virtually useless. And I, I, I get really aggravated with how he addresses every single talking point in the exact same fashion. Like, I understand where you stand on the 1%. I understand where you stand on, you know, income inequality. Can I hear anything else? Give me some insight, new insight. Anything else. T- talk to me about Israel. Talk to me about I would love to hear Saudi Bernie Arabia. Talk, about talk to me about, you know, anything. He doesn't do foreign policy. Which is so aggravating because I hate this idea that that leftism is tied to the social or tied to economics, like like, internal economics. Yeah. Yeah. Because we really need to look at that broader picture. Like that's why people got aggravated at that uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez when she was asked asked about Israel and Palestine. And she kind of gave this very blase, like, well, you know, I believe in a two-state solution. Two-state solution, yada, yada, Exactly, yada. and they were like, well, like, could you go into depth? And she was just kind of like, well, I mean, it, 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 you know, a two-state solution. And, like, just being in a – I'm in a Middle, Middle Eastern political systems class right now. Mm-hmm. I've been in the class – like, we just had our midterm, so, like, a month and a half. And I can already have a more nuanced view on it than she, did, than she does just from, like, that month of a class. You know, I'm not asking mm-hmm. too much. <laughs> that um is it Timothy Hazen who teaches that? Mm-hmm. Hazen's a great professor. Oh yeah. If anybody listening needs to take a political science course, Hazen's a good person to do with. Um, speaking of the Middle East, Saudi Arabia 
kind of possibly kidnapped a Turkish reporter and also tortured and killed him as recorded by his Apple Watch. So basically, uh, Saudi Arabia lured a Turkish reporter into their embassy or consort or something like that um, and then allegedly killed him and tortured him. And allegedly, there is audio that was recorded from his Apple Watch because he like turned on the voice recorder and started transmitting it before he went in. And now uh, a dozen or so countries have come out against Saudi Arabia. There are a few countries that are standing with Saudi Arabia. So Oman, um, Egypt, and then the big surprise was Palestine. So Palestine, for some reason, is siding with Saudi Arabia in this. I assume because Turkey's kind of their arch enemy. Like, Turkey and Palestine are at each other's throats constantly. I, um, I'm just waiting for... I'm trying to figure out a way that Trump can blame this on Iran. He said he... <laughs> I'm just trying to think of a way that he can spin or, this. Or Palestine. Yeah. He's, he he called um he called the king of Saudi Arabia, and he was in usual Trump fashion. He's like, he told me you didn't do it. That's all I can get from him. And that that's that's kind of like what what I would expect because like, um, when I was watching how Trump handled the whole thing with Iran, that really led me into how he's going to handle foreign policy, <laughs> especially foreign policy in the Middle East, and that's burn all of the bridges. It's it's who who do we want? Who do we don't want? The people that we don't want, we're going to treat like shit. Yeah. The people we want, we're going to yeah, just just lie for and make exception for endlessly. Yeah, and it seems that the Republican Party and Donald Trump has decided on Saudi Arabia and um, Israel, which and those are their ponies they're betting the horse on. I mean, it, and is, Turkey. It, Israel makes you know complete sense, and mm-hmm. Turkey makes you know, a bit of sense minus I mean certain authoritarianism, as, certain aspects of of Turkey, but uh, um, yeah, the whole thing with I, Iran and how Trump uh he essentially assumed from from the get go. You know, uh, Iran is, you know, nefarious. They're plotting something. There was no evidence to to suggest that they weren't following the. the yeah, there's zero evidence to say that they were violating their the deal. Uh, the, yeah, the Iran deal. And uh, I mean, l- looking into like, you know, that 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 relationship between Saudi Arabia and Iran, you know, with like the the uh, 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 Arab Cold War, how they used, you know, Iraq and all these other countries as like these proxy warfare tools. It's interesting to. To see Trump, because a lot of people see Trump as like very, very stupid, and he's—I'd I, agree that he's <laughs> stupid, but he's very, very useful because what he's doing now is by making this like endless kind of like apologetics for Saudi Arabia, he's continuing the legacy set up by Bush. He's continuing these—he's—he's he's doing what the Republicans want him to do. Yeah, like, and that—that's that, why I like—I I don't know if it's a you know cringy term to use, like you know that the. the the term shadow president mm-hmm. or whatever, but certainly offhand. I think that he is just a, a, a shadow president for the Republican Party just to manifest through him. In, especially in this case, like in, in that area of foreign policy, there he couldn't be doing anything better, I don't think. Like Obama spent all of this time setting up these careful like alliances and these careful contingencies like like the Iran deal and um, what else? There were, there were various things that Obama did in the Middle East to try and prevent wars and prevent conflicts. And now that Trump is in the White House, he can, without having any, like, commitment to making people happy, he can pick his team. And well, that's the team that he's going <clears> to <throat> stick with. It also doesn't help that, you know, he and people like him approach 
the Middle East in. Why don't we just nuke it? No, no, like, well, sometimes that, but also it's, you know, they're more free when they're more like us and when there's more of us in there, you know? Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, sure, like we could say Obama did things, you know, for the Middle East to maybe. He help. also did a lot of bad things. I want that for, to be known. Yeah, yeah, for Obama's sure. Obama's drone striking was one of the worst things yeah, he's done. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. But, I mean, we also have to look to countries like uh, uh, Tunisia for kind of kicking off uh, the Arab Spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, for better or for worse in some cases, you know, the Arab Spring has kind of been the Arabic world um, trying to affirm, you know, a more kind of democratic system for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I'm more supportive of that than the U.S., you know, saying yeah. like, all right, your, your country would be better if you had McDonald's Your country <laughs> would be better if you have, you know, old Navy blue jeans or something, because mm -hmm. that's really that like like when we talk about going in there to like help with freedom, we're going in there for economic interest. Like like people always talk about oil. Yes, oil is a big thing. But also, let's just take let's just take labor into account. Massive military spending, massive military spending, which will mobilize our our, our, our economy that we always have money to spend for. Uh, we can utilize cheap labor. I mean, it's 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 very naive to just yeah. look at it as let let the U.S. in and let us fix it, because, I mean, a perfect example is Iraq is, you know, post 9-11 when we went into Iraq and we move we remove that buffer zone between Saudi Arabia and Iran in their kind of Cold War proxy, you know, nonsense yeah. that they were doing. And we further destabilize the region because then those guerrilla forces come and fill all those vacuums within Iraq We've proven time and time again that we we're not the sole cause of why the, the region is destable, but we we're don't certainly help. not helping. We're not helping at all. Yeah. I And Trump's we're not we shouldn't look to Trump to help us because he's not going to. No, I, I just like the Kurds. Whenever I hear about the Kurds, what's happening? I'm like, yeah, man, they seem like the good guys in every or they seem like somewhat the good guys. Well, they're 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 the the. Good kinds of nationalists. They're, they're, <laughs> the they're, good they're, kind. They're, yeah, I like are. that. They are. I've never heard that phrase before. But they are. I think they're, I'm they're, use that. they're the nationalists that actually have a reason to be nationalists. Yeah. Okay. Jared Kushner <laughs> basically didn't pay taxes, uh, income taxes. Um, he learned from his uh, father-in-law. Yeah. I was talking to somebody, to a Republican, and they, they told me that Jared Kushner will be the next person in Trump's camp to go to jail. Do you think that's true? I don't think he'll be the next one, but I think he will at some point. Who do you think would be the next? Okay. I think Roger Stone. Familiar with Roger Stone? Uh-huh. Roger Stone, for those of you who don't know, is basically, he started out and got a lot of fame as a lobbyist in, um, I want to say Nixon's administration. He started working for Nixon, then he became a lobbyist afterwards, and that's how he's got a lot of wealth and power. And him and Paul Manafort were, were best of buddies, and as you know, Paul Manafort is now in jail. And some information between uh, Roger Stone and um, a series, uh, Julian Assange, who is now seeking, who has been an asylum seeker in uh, somewhere, South America, basically. So the two of them have possibly shared illegal information, and Roger Stone may have helped disseminate illegal information. So, yeah, that's, I, I think Roger Stone is the next one. How about you? Um, I'll probably go with that because honestly, after uh Manafort and after uh Cohen and all of this, 
It don't matter. It just does not matter. Yeah, like, after every, Trump's personal like, lawyer gets arrested, Pence could go to prison. Yeah. and like, hey, it didn't. It doesn't have anything to do with Trump. That's not Trump. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if Roger Stone goes, but uh. Unless Donald Trump himself is in handcuffs, uh, Donald Jr. I would love to see go. Yeah, I think one. Oh, if the kid, if one of the kids went, Trump has to use his pardon, right? Uh, I mean, I think he. I mean, if he did, that would probably be the one pardon that would like people would like give him a pass for because they'd be like, you know, they, they could easily spin and be like, oh, well, wouldn't you do the same for your kid? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> which is so funny because this just. This reminds me of something like Oman, like these mm-hmm. these countries that are just ran with these like royal families. Yeah, which is like, basically like, what the Trumps seem like now. Yeah, it's like like, like the, the father's the king, the cousins runs the military, the uncle runs, you know, the health. It, it's a it's bizarre. Yeah, Trump Trump Jr. was um, in the United Nations. Like, why? What? And Ivanka was rumored to be the new ambassador to the United Nations, which, my God, if Donald Trump made Ivanka Trump the ambassador to the UN, that would be, I mean, it probably wouldn't actually be that bad. Like, half the country wouldn't care. Yeah, they wouldn't care because they would just go there and talk about how globalism will you know, lead to genocide and you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the globalism it's, villainy it's just, it's is always so, strange to me. Yeah, because the same people that say that, like, globalism is villainy... Are the same people who support white South African? Farmers. Well, they're they're also the same people that I think would love to live in a. They wouldn't benefit Ethno from. State. They wouldn't benefit from not living in a globalized system. I'll yeah. just put it that way. They wouldn't benefit. Yeah, I mean you're not wrong. I think we all benefit from living in a globalized system. They would system. not benefit from not living in one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Grass isn't greener. Although it always seems like it. Um, what else is on my list? Oh, Republicans have been purging votes. That's not surprising to me. Florida, Texas, Beto. Um, in Beto's race, a lot of the voters in Texas have been purged from voting rolls, which uh, just kind of makes sense. Like, if you can't if you can't beat your Democratic challenger, get rid of their voters. Um. Do you remember way back in like 2000, I oh mean, this had to be 2007 or yeah, probably like 2007 when Obama, no, 2008 around that time when Obama was like running for president. And uh, I remember seeing on Fox News, there was this very popular story of this like, you know, remember when the new Black Panther Party was kind of popular in in conservative news kind of the one that had like three members yeah and they were all anti-semites yeah yeah so funny how all of the uh all the far-right um parties are all anti-semitic it's so ironic and jared kushner but uh <laughs> it's donald trump's son-in-law um so i i remember fox news running the story where there was like uh these members of the new black panther party standing outside of voting booths talking about like, you know, you're going to have to kill some crackers or something. You're going to have to, you know, kill whitey or some, some dumb shit. And, uh, um, I, I remember the, the, the Republican argument being that they're scaring people away from the voting booth and that they're, they're trying to antagonize voters and they're trying to intimidate vote voters. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and one, I think that person was probably a plant. Yeah, I guarantee. Back yeah, these to, people are totally plants. Like, like the, the new Black Panthers, it was like probably six people, 
in in like total. Like all of them, even if he wasn't planted on the Coke payroll, they're wholly irrelevant. Yeah, maybe. Or the the, maybe they're, you know, an internet Prager U. Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. Prager U is we need to have a whole episode talking about Prager U. I'd love to. Um, I got my B.A. there. (laughs) I got my B.S. Oh, I got my. Yeah, Uh, that's a good one. But yeah, um, I I just remember hearing that that narrative. And uh, it's so funny how things have changed. And it's so funny how now, like, wh- why don't we have, like, a nationalized voting day? Why don't we have, like, a day allocated for something like that? It just seems so it common It seems sense. so logical. Do you think that that's a real, like, political future? Like, that's a real for thing Democrats, that could happen? If, if I think it'll well, start locally. would never push yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely no. not. I think it would start locally. Like, if you had, like, it would start in, like, statewide elections. Like counties Yeah, like, like, even, that. like, California could give their citizens the day off to vote or, like, Super liberal places can start doing that, and then I think like um, medical marijuana or like legal marijuana, like that's something that'll start spreading towards more purple states like Michigan and Florida. And once that happens, and every state and like a lot of states have it, then it'll be on the national conversation floor. But to do that, it will probably need a Democratic supermajority, like for actual legislation to for a day off to vote. We have so many stupid days off. Like people got Columbus Day off work. Yeah, screw like, that. Uh, give us a day off come like uh, there are so many it, dumb it's so funny that, like i have to talk to my boss on voting day and be like hey like i might be late and then i have to juggle like maybe getting in trouble at my job mm-hmm. versus voting yeah and, and like if you get in trouble at your job then you get in trouble the next week like oh crap i'm fired now yeah but at least i voted and then you know i, I lose anyway i can't vote in this midterm because i can't go home like, I yeah, cannot drive home to vote because I have classes and things like that. I'm a Michigan citizen that can't vote in the state of Michigan because I'm in the wrong part of the state of Michigan yeah. to vote in a Michigan election. Yeah. Like, and of, and of course, people will say, it, file absentee ballots, right? But if, like, a bunch of voters have gotten purged from their mailing ballots because they spelt a letter wrong or because they wrote a letter wrong or because yeah. they didn't hyphenate things right. And the absentee ballot applications are not always super clear on the state's website. And if you get them in time and if they send them to the right address, that's a whole nother issue. But like going to vote somewhere, the most reliable way to vote, if that isn't guaranteed, then I don't know what the point is. Or like, I mean, even just registering to vote is kind of like a pain in the ass. Yeah. It's like, I don't understand why the process has to be so complicated. But it's mm-hmm. almost like it's incentivized to be because if it was so easy. I, I wonder if like people are just automatically registered to vote or if we had a day that allocated it, or both. How different our our results would be in elections. Hopefully young people would vote a lot more. Like if you told people you can go to work or if you bring like a receipt that you voted or that you registered to vote, you'll get paid for the day off. Like that would be so powerful. Yeah. And, and everybody would vote. Like we would have like 80% turnout rates. Which, I mean, I I, I can only imagine how different politics would change if if that if that mm-hmm. were the case, it's probably why we're not going to see that like proposed anytime soon. Just because that would like radically change. I mean, one campaigns. Yeah. Two would probably change. We'd probably have to move to something like a coalition government. I wonder. So I think more parties would would become more viable at that point. Well, we can have another whole episode on why Americans' voting system sucks. Oh yeah. But if can a president um, what is it called? Executive order that in. 
I have no idea. Because if a Democratic president wins in in 2020, then they write that executive order before the 2022 midterms. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, I I feel like that's above the pay grade. Yeah, yeah that might be more than that probably uh, has to you know go to mm-hmm. higher council. But uh, yeah, that would be interesting to see. Yeah, this country would be 100 percent different if if people actually voted. Which is a reminder to those listening: go out and vote. Because I can't. Because we can't. Yeah, I can't. Because I'm not in the right part of Michigan at this specific time of day. Mm-hmm. What a stupid system! Yeah. Give me a break. Ridiculous. It really is astounding how, like, we can base our country on the values of, like, equal representation and liberty and then put all these roadblocks in the way of voting. And there are so many countries who do better than us. Like, Estonia, you can vote online. Like, can you imagine just being, like, on your computer, like, click? Well, it also doesn't help that we have people in the voting. Uh, they were just talking about this uh, on the Culture Report. <clears throat> Shouts out to the Culture Report. They just had a new episode come out today. But uh, they were talking about, like, people... Like getting out to go vote, and they said, "Don't vote for Harambe," because like, uh, like they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll never useless. forget those you're idiots. You're wasting your time. How many people did it? Like fifty thousand? Too many people. Enough Too many to, people enough standing to in line, something. registering to vote. Like that shows just how, like how how little people really care. Yeah, and it's like if you, if you really want to waste your time doing all of that, like whatever. But I, I think it it's a real spit in the face of people that. I mean, I'm not going to say if all those people voted one way, it would have necessarily changed anything, but it is a spit in the face of the people that I'm sure would love to vote who maybe can't because they did time. Get the, yeah, it's it's ridiculous to me how yeah. people who have felonies can't vote or even people in prison can't yeah. vote. I in, Insane. Um, I also think that way about people who vote for third parties. So like think wait, what? Like, like people who voted for Jill Stein. You, uh, you I guess I got to roll up my sleeves. Did you vote for Jill no, Stein? I didn't, I didn't vote for Jill Stein, but I, um, Jill Stein's not perfect, but I, I disliked her probably the least of anyone that that ran. There was some weird shit going on with Jill Stein after the election. Yeah, and that's like, kind of like she got why, some money from Russia. Yeah, and that that well, that's what I've heard, but I I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised, but uh, I do like you know ideas like the Green New Deal. I think that's something that. Uh, Democrats would be very intelligent to pick up as a talking point because I feel like, you know, that would be a good transition into climate change because, I mean, we, we got like, what, 12 years 12 and then, years. Then we're dead? Yeah. yeah. I saw some arguments on this because there were some protests over the climate change, especially in Europe. I s- Civility in the terms of climate change doesn't work. Like, I saw that argument being made a lot and, like, waiting two and four years to vote for climate change regulation doesn't work. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Because we keep doing that, and nothing keeps happening. Or, like, steps have been made, and then Republicans like Donald Trump can come and undo all the progress we've made. Like, so, when it comes to saving our Earth and our grand... Like, our kids will live in a different world because we didn't do anything to stop climate change. Well, it's it, it's because that whole idea of climate change has been commodified to be a, quote-unquote, liberal position. Liberal talking you know, Oh, you care about the environment, you're some, like... Dumb Bleeding liberal heart, that liberal. eats tofu and stuff, yeah. you know. I'm gonna put three more exhaust pipes on my truck. And like, if you if you're a person that thinks that, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna insult you or anything. But why? Like, why why do you care so little? Or like, what is there to risk yeah. in in trying to treat the planet better? Mm-hmm. Because 
that th- this idea of, of putting the natural world on hold or that the world exists here to exploit or to build malls on like nature is for humans think to about use. how more beautiful the world would be if we didn't have this mass uh uh urbanization think about how much more better you feel being around nature like yeah. do you ever do you ever like walk in the woods do you ever go hiking yeah like a lot of these people who are uh, against climate change regulation are like avid hunters right like like th- these are people that one in in some ways contribute to the ecosystem not mm-hmm. in the most supportive of ways but they do reap the benefits of a healthy ecosystem mm-hmm. by hunting and if, yet, if your ecosystem goes to absolute garbage well you can kiss that deer population goodbye you can kiss that elk population no goodbye more you can pick that water. bear you can there's no good fish in the water I mean, like, is it? And they should be it, the it, people it, who it, want it the most. Yeah, it, it's because the idea of, oh well, you know, one the 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 the, the, the scientists don't know what they're talking about. Which I've heard that so many. I got in an argument with my old boss about that because yeah. he was like, well, I mean, how? Like, why should I trust those people? Who else would know? Like, would I not trust a doctor to like perform surgery? Yeah. Like, then why do you go to any professional for mm-hmm. anything if we're not going to take their like? And I fall into that trap, too. Like, I'll go to the doctor, like, hey, what's wrong? Well, don't do this. I'm like, eh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But that's, like, the difference is this there's is the one planet. doctor telling you to planet. do something, and right. then all the 99% of the scientists on Earth are telling us to do one thing. Yeah, and we have people like Tucker Carlson saying, like, oh, well, there, there there's an open debate to be had. There isn't an, open, not an debate open debate to be had. And I, it's, it's a purely political reason because— they don't want America to move away from that kind of nuclear family, oil-dependent economic system, mm-hmm. a system that capitalism really, really benefits off of, especially global capitalism. I mean, we talked about the Middle East. Imagine, what do we do with the Middle East if we don't depend on oil? Yeah, and what do are, what are our businesses do if they have to go through all these regulations and they can't just dump chemicals in the water? Like, what is that going to do for their bottom line? Yeah, the CEO is only going to make thirteen million a year as opposed to fourteen million. You know a what? Year. We're going to have to cut employee benefits. It, yeah, exactly. And like, I, I, these people always talk about, oh, like you. Well, that's not how the real world works. Blah blah blah. The if real somebody world tells me the real world one more time, if I, if somebody over the age of forty tells me I don't know what the real world is like, I'm gonna, my head's gonna explode. Right, because the the real world isn't a stagnant thing. The world mm-hmm. can change. The world changed prior to you. Being in the positions to where you screwed things up for now. Yeah, and your real world is only your perspective. Like, do you know what the real world is for kids in the Middle East who got drone striked by Obama? Do you know what it's like for them to go to bed every day and wonder if their families are going to, like, wake up at all? That's the real world. Or coasts of Iceland that are just losing all these sheets of, yeah. you know, are, terrain Do you and know stuff? What, what the real world is when you're uh, a Native American in um, Alaska? I heard they don't like the term Inuit, so I'm not going to use it. But do you know what it's like to, like, have to worry about your homes flooding because ice caps are melting and you won't have a place to live? Like, that's their reality. That's their real world. Yeah, or even, like, a... a account for here at you know uh like i i was in a discussion in the summer about you know native americans working at the the casino and how you know with their employment they'll typically try to prioritize native you know employees like you know to hire them first Mm -hmm. you know because like let's be honest here there probably aren't a lot of economic opportunities for you know the Native American population. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, 
there are certain kids in class who will speak up and say like, well, that that's a discriminatory you know thing and they should just have anyone come to apply. And I, I think it speaks volumes that those same people that argue that are the same people that argue this, you know, well, we shouldn't care about the environment. We, we don't need to care about these things because they're so naive, because they are so detached. It is from, naivete. They're, they're so detached from how nefarious and sinister not only their government is, but how the world really can operate. There's there's a lot of good in the world. There's a lot of good in people. But I, I, I run into this all the time, like even when I talk to family and you try to give any critique of how the world operates and oh, well, I mean, you, you shouldn't hate your country. You shouldn't be un-American. You shouldn't be blah. Like being one of those things is worse than the fact that your country does these things. Yeah. I, I, um, it, it's, it's so insane to me, you know? Yeah. You can be proud of your country and still make critiques of it. Like when I don't know when those two things became mutually exclusive. Like when did being patriotic force you to like everything your country does? Because Probably the I Cold certain, War. I would assume, yeah, that's actually a very good <laughs> maybe starting point of it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it goes back, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised specifically for Americanism. The Cold War has a lot to do with it. Mm. You know, that kind of nuclear family yeah. phenomena, which, you know, and it would be like going back to the environment is dying, according to Tucker Carlson. Well, like that, that whole discussion on like, you know, um, coal miners. I was having a discussion with someone one time and they were talking about, you know, the, the, the coal miners, you know, like going out of you know existence, mm-hmm. basically. Now, I'm not a type of person that's like, oh, yeah, you know, screw the coal miners. If they go, they go because like like I like those those are those are blue Colored people. That's workers. working That's class. That's a hard job. Yeah. That's a hard job. I have the utmost respect for. It. One thing I hate that, and I'm not saying that you do this, Jeremy. One thing I hate that liberals do is they'll talk down about blue collar work sometimes. Like that does sometimes happen. And if you do do that, like, oh man, I don't want to be some grease monkey. Then don't go get your car fixed. Then go get your own car fixed. I had a debate about. You know? I had a debate with someone on on Twitter who said, like, if you don't vote. It's your fault and you should be ashamed of yourself, basically. And I'm like, there's so many people who work two jobs and, like, take care of their kids who can't vote. They don't have the privilege to vote. Yeah, and he he basically said voting is a privilege. And I said, what are you talking about? Voting's a right. So we went on like this and... Yeah, that's why why you have voting rights. Yeah, (laughs) liberals who are shaming other people, like regardless of political affiliation, for not doing something is totally the wrong way to go about it, I think. Like, in... People who like the blue collar workers, like when those people vote for Donald Trump, I totally understand it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like and that's why I don't shame them, because mm-hmm. I feel like that only serves to, you know, fill this kind of stereotype of, oh, well, you're just the smug liberal. Oh, you go to, you know, the big college and you, you have the political you science minor and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And you're going to look down at me because I fix cars. And like, honestly, if I could go be a farmer, I'd go be a farmer. I don't know anything about farming, but I wish I could live like a very simple, like, you know, egalitarian. I, I wish I could live a simple life amongst nature. And unfortunately, I just wasn't raised in an environment where that was like a realistic option. Mm-hmm. But back to the whole coal miner thing, I was having this discussion with someone and I said, you know, they probably had the same discussion with horses when cars really oh, took off. Absolutely. Because yeah. there were a lot of there's probably a huge horse market. For people that, you know, raised horses for transportation, mm-hmm. rented them out. It was probably a very similar situation to how we do with cars, but just like slightly different. And I'm sure there were people saying, you know, cars are the end of the horse market. 
you know, and, and a lot of people probably moved into it with ease, too. But that's kind of how I look at it. Like, I don't understand why we can't try to incentivize these workers and move that workforce into a different kind of workforce that still serves the same like tangible purpose. There's no reason to hold on to old outdated technology if the only reason for not getting rid of it is like, but what are these workers going to do? At the same time, I feel like that's more an obligation of their current employer. Yeah. Because I I mean, I think that that job, I think that the workers would probably agree too. They would prefer a system where they adapt to change the modes of their work rather than have no work altogether. You know, if they could be, I don't know if they could work in coal in a more green manner, if they could try to, I don't know, transport their company from working with coal to working the panels and just retrain staff. I don't know. That's probably a very naive way to look at it. But I'm saying that, like, I, I, I don't get off the on the idea of coal miners not having jobs. Yeah. No, but it's I, like, I, oh, yeah. But I feel but I feel like the employer, the business is being manipulative because they're saying, oh, well, that's that's what this global warming caring about. It will lead to Absolutely, these coal miners yeah. will be out of jobs. And I, the business owner, I can't adapt. I can't adapt to the market as this multimillion dollar, you know, uh, you know, uh conglomerate with a board and investors and investors i can't change so the workers will be screwed and i think that that's that's the problem is that these business these businesses and these conglomerates they could change they could adapt they don't want to yeah because it's not good for their bottom line and they're willing to lay off fifty thousand people because fifty thousand people get laid off of jobs every day Mm -hmm. these people will sleep completely fine at night because their daughters will still have horses their sons will still get a a piano lesson their wife will still get a new kitchen for christmas and they can still go to their 14 beach homes well they may have to sell one one or two and i don't know how they're gonna make it but (laughs) oh you can just write that off on your taxes no worries exactly you know but well with that grim view of the world (laughs) are you ready to wrap yeah, 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 that's good. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Augusta. Tell me if you liked what I said or if you hated it. Uh, do you want to plug your social media? Um, don't follow me on Facebook or Twitter. Leave me alone on that stuff. But <laughs> um, you can uh, listen to all of the CM Life podcasts on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. Just look up Central Michigan Life podcasts. Uh, In It Together's on there. There's a bunch of others. Thanks, Jeremy, for having me on. Thank you. See you guys later. 